21. Now yesterday, I was seeking the Lord, and Friday I was seeking the Lord. I try to start seeking Him all week about, you know, if what He's going to give me if He wants me to minister on Sunday night or if He wants pastor to. And we just go with whoever has, has got it, whoever's got it for that night. And yesterday morning, uh, I was doing my confessions. I, I've told you before, and I, con- I confess Psalm 91 every day. I mean, I confess it out loud and I confess it over myself. I don't just read it. I say, I say of the Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. And you know, I do that uh, not to move God, but to, to build faith in my heart. To build faith in my heart. So that when I step out of the house, I'm stepping out in faith. So that I don't fear, so that I don't fear no matter what happens. Amen. And so I do that. And so when I got down to verse 15, and that's where, go, where we're going today, tonight. When I got to verse 15, the Holy Ghost stopped me. I mean, he just, he just brought that verse to my attention like he'd not brought it before. It says, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. And then, i never seen it this way before, but as the Holy Ghost just showed me, there, he will call upon me and I will answer him. And if you look at those next three things, that's the three different ways that God will answer you. He will call upon me and I will answer him. Number one, I will be with him in trouble. Number two, I will deliver him. And number three, I will honor him. So you might not have ever looked at it like that before. Where there's the, if when, you, when someone calls on the Lord, he's going to answer in one of three ways depending on how you call on Him and depending on what you expect when you call upon Him. See, sometimes we've called on the Lord in the past and we've said, Lord, oh Lord, just be with me. And He said, okay, I'll be with you in trouble. And you know, sometimes we've just walked through trouble and God was with us and He comforted us. And and, and sometimes that's all we've asked Him to do is we've said, Lord, be with me. Which is really redundant because he already said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So you really didn't even have to ask. Hello. But if that is all you expect from him, and that's all you ever ask, he'll be with you in trouble, and he'll walk you through it. And you'll be in trouble. You'll always be walking through trouble in this life. But he'll be with you, and he'll comfort you, and you'll be able to, you'll know he was there. He always leaves signs that he's been there, doesn't he? And you'll sense his presence. And you'll sense that comfort. And you know I had peace while I was going through it. But you know there's another step you can have. If you'll call on Him for more, you'll get more. If you'll expect more than Him just being with you in trouble, you'll get more than that. Amen? And He said the next thing, He said, if you'll, He said, I'll deliver Him. If, you're, if you'll expect it and if you'll call on Him, He won't just be with you through the trouble. He'll deliver you out of it. Well, wouldn't you all think that's a step higher? Wouldn't y'all rather be delivered out of the trouble than God just being with you while you were in it? Man, I tell you, I'd rather be delivered out. I don't really like trouble. But you know, you know and I know, and you've probably been there when you were sick before and you didn't know God would heal you and you just asked the Lord to help you endure. He said, I'll be with you. But you know, you can go a step higher if you'd like. You can go a step higher. And He said, I'll deliver you. 
if you'll believe it and if you'll expect it and if you'll say it, He'll deliver you. Amen? He'll deliver you. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him out of them all. Amen? So we can go another step. But you know there's another step there. He says, I'll honor him. Well, hey, that's even higher. And it's all according to what I expect. And it's all according to what I am say with my mouth, too. You know? And it's all according to what I can believe for. It's not according to God. God does not play heavenly bingo and say, man, I'm going to honor him. I don't think I'll honor her. I'll just, I'll just be with her, but I'm going to honor him. And I'm going to deliver him. But man, she's just going to have to endure. No, that is, God doesn't play heavenly bingo. See, it's all up to us. It's all up to us. It's what am I expecting? Are you expecting to, him to just walk through you with it? Walk with Did I say that right? Didn't sound right, but anyway, you know what I meant. Or is that what you're expecting? Are you expecting to be delivered? Or are you even expecting to be honored? Amen. God wants to honor His people. Are you expecting to be honored? Or do you feel really bad about God honoring you? Do you No, some of us don't feel bad about it. But sometimes depending on how we were raised and how we were taught, we just feel really not good asking God or expecting God to honor us. We feel okay about Him delivering us. We feel real good about Him being with us in troubles, but for Him to honor us, for Him to bestow honor upon us, you know, we sing, you deserve the honor. You deserve the glory. And He does. But He wants to give honor to you. God has always wanted to honor man. God has always wanted to honor man. This is not a new concept. He's always wanted to honor man. Amen? Praise God. So, uh, we can live at whichever level that we want to there. Uh, we can get in that higher realm. Amen? I looked up, I don't know if y'all have this, but I have a computer, a Macintosh. Figured y'all laugh, <laughs> and I have, and somebody gave me Mac Bible for my Macintosh computer. That's the boy. I pay to tell you, that's the best thing since sliced bread. It really is. It is nifty, and uh, so I, you can just put in words, and it'll just call up every scripture that's got that word in it and everything. So I put in the word deliver yesterday, and it told me that in the whole Bible. There are 281 scriptures that talk about deliver, that use the word deliver. The word delivered. Now, that's not counting delivered and deliverest and all the things, you know, the King James uses. That's just the word deliver. 281 times in the Bible. In fact, in, I counted and there were 53 verses in the book of Psalms alone that talk about God delivering us. Family... You'd have to be, something's got to be wrong with you for you not to believe that God's a delivering God. God wants to deliver His people. Amen? Well, then I put in the computer, I put in honor, the word honor, and I found out it's got, it's 136 times in the Bible, the word honor. Verses, excuse me, 136 different verses that have the word honor in it. Now, most of the time when it uses the word honor, it uses it, uh, where it doesn't mean God honoring you. It means different things. Like, for instance, in First Chronicles 18.1, it says, Now Jehoshaphat had riches and honor. 
And so, you know, it's not talking about God honoring you. But I found that there were three verses, three verses that tell us how to get God to honor us. That give us some instruction about how we can get honor into our lives. How, what, what, we have, what we're going to have to do to get God to honor us. See, really, there's, honor's just another way you could say favor, really. I mean, really, if you think about it, it's the favor of God. And there's things we can do to cause greater favor to come on our lives. Would you all believe that? And let's look up these verses right quick. In Proverbs 22, in verse 4. God wants to honor His people. He's always wanted to honor them. And He wants to. And we're in a special season of honor or favor. Where God is pouring favor and honor out upon the body of Christ. Amen? Well, I tell you, I'm a candidate, aren't you? The Bible says that the Lord is, looks to and fro throughout the earth and He's looking for a man or a woman that He can show Himself strong to. The implication is there that He can't show Himself strong to every man and every woman. Amen? But, there's a, there, but He's looking for the ones that He can favor. He's looking for the ones that He can honor. Amen? And so we're going to find out tonight what we can do to get more honor in our lives or more favor from the Lord. Proverbs 22 and verse uh, 4. It says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. So he says there, if we have humility and if we fear the Lord, there's going to be riches, that's prosperity, and honor and life. Well, humility... I'll tell you what humility is. It's real simple. It's just being teachable. That's what humility is. Humility is not saying, oh God, we're just not worthy. I was taught that. I remember, the sun I could take you to the Sunday school room that I was sitting in when I heard the teacher say that being humble meant that we tell, when we pray, we tell God that we're not worthy. But that's not humility at all. Actually, that's stupid. Amen? Amen? Because, and really, it's a slap in God's face because, yeah, we were unworthy, but God reached down with the blood of Jesus and cleansed us, and He's made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and we are His sons and we are His daughters. And, and I'm telling you what, family, I know this is hard pill to swallow. I mean, I know this is hard to understand, but we are just as worthy in God's eyes as Jesus is. And God's honoring Jesus, and God wants to honor us. The Bible, we read it this morning that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen? And when we start seeing ourselves like that and quit believing the lie of the devil of you are unworthy, you are just a worm, you don't really believe, you know he tells you all those things. You don't have faith. You're, I mean, He whips us that way. But when we quit believing that lie and we start believing what the Word says. And the Word says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. That you're the head and not the tail. And you've got to start seeing yourselves that way. You've got to start, I'm telling you, you've got to start feeling good about yourself. That doesn't mean that you don't know you have faults. That don't mean that you're in some sort of pride and moy and, and you know, and you don't realize you have faults. 
But see, what you realize is, is God's just bigger than all of them. And you realize you're going from faith to faith and from glory to glory and that you're being changed, that everything in this world, everything that's natural is subject to change. It's temporary. Amen? And you are worthy by the blood of Jesus. I tell you, it changes your perspective. And I tell you what it does. As long as you feel unworthy, you won't ever walk by faith. The devil will talk you out of prosperity. He will talk you out of health. He will talk you out of healing. You won't have the favor of God on you, not because God doesn't want to give it to you, just because you won't receive it. Because As long as you feel unworthy. You say, well, Debbie, I've sinned. I know you have. I have too. But 1 John 1, 9 told us what to do about sin after we got saved. I, I, I tell you, don't walk around with a load of sin and guilt on your life. I do a lot of repenting. I do a lot of repenting. Repentance is a daily, not just daily, not like a once a day thing. Repentance is an ongoing part of my whole day. Some days more than others. I mean, it's just like some days, it's like we got to wash in that blood. I got to come to God with 1 John 1 9, which says that if I confess my sins, He's faithful and just to forgive my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Sometimes I use that multiple times in a day. Do you, and you say, well, don't you feel guilty about it? No. I feel good about it. Do, do you ever feel condemned for your sin? Yeah, but when I do, I learn something. After I've repented one time, if I still feel condemned, you know what? It's not God, it's the devil. And I just turn, I just stand up and say, and I say, in Jesus' name, Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. I refuse this condemnation. I've been forgiven. I've had to learn to do that. It used to, it, I would get under it, and I was, oh man, I still feel guilty about this. And you know, I feel bad for two or three days about it. I might have to repent 20 times before I really felt clean about it. But family, there's no that's the devil. You don't really if need to repent 20 times. You only have to repent one. And so there's people over in that ditch, but then there's Christians that just never get around to repenting. I'll tell you, if you never get around to repenting, you're carrying around a load of sin and guilt. You're carrying it around with you. You have to repent and you have to help your children repent. I, we, learned, we learned a lot of things by having Christian school in our church for five years. And one thing I learned is kids don't repent on their own. You know, sometimes it was easy. We would catch kids cheating. Christian kids cheat. Did y'all know that? Caught them all the time. Boy, had an eye for it. I tell you, I could spot it a mile away. They're cheating. And I found out it doesn't do a bit of good to say, now you shouldn't have done that. You repent. They just go back to their desk and they never do anything. So what we, and this is parents, you've got to do this. When your kid disobeys you and you take that paddle and put it on their rear, you need to lead them in repentance afterwards. Don't just stop with that paddling. You need to have them pray a prayer and say now, and you, t you pray it before them and tell them how to pray. Now you ask the Lord to forgive you. And, now, and, 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 and they will. And you know afterwards, that's how we'd do it. We'd say, now you pray a prayer and you ask the Lord to forgive you. And they'd say, oh, Lord, forgive me for cheating. You know, they would, and you know, and when they finished their prayer, you know what we would say? We'd say, He forgives you. And you know what? We forgive you too. And you know what we did then? We loved them. And I mean, I tell you, these kids will look forward to paddlings if you'll do it right. 
Because you know why? Because it feels good to get a load of sin and guilt off of your life. It feels good. It feels good to get a load of... You know when you're... Boy, I'm over here. I'm going to teach you a little parenting. But you know when your kid's been a brat all week? Do you know when that happens? You know what it is? Is they're carrying around sin. And you need to wear them out with the paddle and lead them in repentance. And I tell you what, it's like a new person. They got washed. They got cleansed. It's cleansing. And see, you gotta, you got to do yourself the same way. you got to repent. you got to get cleansed. And don't worry about it. If you have to repent 29 times tomorrow, if you have to repent 79 times, don't worry about it. It's okay. It's okay. God knew you weren't perfect. God knew you were. You'll get better. You'll get better. You'll get better. You'll get more sensitive to the Holy Ghost. When you miss Him, you repent. You know, it's sin to miss God as much as it is to tell a lie. When you don't walk by faith, you repent. When you make a wrong confession, you repent. When you have a pity party, you repent. When you yell at your husband, you repent. I know how to do this. I know how to do this. (laughs) When you yell at your wife, you repent. When you do wrong, anything you do that's not in line with the Word of God, anything that's not walking by faith or walking in love, repent. Some of you, I, I really sense that some of you just let a lot of that stuff go. And don't say, I'll never do it again, Lord, because that's lying and you'll have to repent. <laughs> you can say, really, and don't even tell your wife, I'll do better. Because it will throw her into doubt and unbelief. You won't. Or you might not. Just keep repenting. Just keep staying. Just stay so clean. Just stay so clean. Just stay clean. Oh, it feels so good to stay clean. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Well, we didn't know he was going to talk about this, but you know, sometimes we need to know these things. Sometimes we get that feeling like, well, it's just not necessary to repent over every little thing. Well, it is. It is. If you really want to stay sensitive to the Holy Ghost, it is. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, you you can tell. You know, something just doesn't feel right. Mm. You know, something just doesn't... Sometimes you say something. I've done this when I just said something... And when I was saying it, it's like, this isn't right. While I was coming out of my mouth, it just felt not right. Not, I'm not talking about curse words. I mean, we know those aren't right. I'm talking about, I'm talking about just making, just saying something like, well, bless God, the Lord's going to do this. And when it came out of my mouth, I could tell it wasn't, it wasn't inspired. It wasn't right, you know? Y'all ever feel like that? Well, just reel it back in with your words. Amen? Amen. So... Humility. He said, if you want to be honored, you're going to have to have humility. You're going to have to be teachable. That's what humility is. Humility is not uh, being quiet and meek and never saying what you think to your husband or something. 
I tell you what, if that was the truth, I'd be in serious trouble. And some of you would be too. Right? Humility is being teachable. And humility is being teachable, well, I don't let women teach me. Well, you're not humble then. And I don't let certain colors of people teach me. Well, you're not humble then. You've got to be teachable. And I don't let my wife tell me anything. Well, you're not humble then. And I sure don't let my kids tell me anything. Well, I tell you, you're going to miss God a bunch because my God has used my kids a bunch. I'm talking about little kids. God will use you to teach something. Now, I'm not talking about them coming in and saying, Daddy, I'd like to tell you a few things. Yeah, yeah, I would tell them a few things with the board with that kind of attitude. But I'm talking about you just walking through your day and your kid says something that's profound. You know, Leanne's told me some things that her kids have said to her. And listen, family, it wouldn't be any more God if Brother Hagin walked up and told her. And my kids have said things to me that were God. You see, God will use little children to get your attention. Amen? And so that's being humble. And God honors people that are teachable. And I have watched more than one person die. Die. Not get healed. Die believing in healing just because they weren't teachable. Couldn't be taught. Well, bless God, I've been in this a lot longer than that little pastor has. Boy, I tell you, that's, that, you that you're going to get in trouble if you've got that attitude. You know, and sometimes our kinfolks, we don't want to, re- we'll receive from anybody but our kinfolks. You know, but family, if, if it has to come from Brother Kenneth E. Hagin, you're going to die. And I'm like David Horton, can I have your watch? Because Brother Kenneth E. Hagin's not going to come to you and tell you what you need to know. And you're going to have, but if you'll ask God, God, there's some things I don't understand. There's some things I need to know for my faith to be complete. Would you please teach me? He will, and it, no telling who he's going to use. It's probably that preacher on TV you don't like. That's the one. I know my grandmother, she was a little, she was used of God mightily, you know, really, uh, especially in certain areas. And uh, one time she went over to a, a Pentecostal, actually I think it was Pentecostal Church of God lady's house to pray for. And, and she, this lady was sick and my grandmother, man, she ministered to her and she prayed for her. And then after we left. And after we left, well, the sister that had taken us over there to minister to that lady, she said, said that lady said, man, that pixie, she sure could pray, but boy, her fingernails sure were red. See, sometimes we... We let things like red fingernails or something keep us from being teachable. It's like, man, I can't hardly believe anybody could pray for me that has red fingernails. Well, I know that's not in this church so much, but did you know there's people that think like that? Well, sometimes people might have red fingernails. And I know my grandmother one time, she was sick. uh, Her blood sugar was doing some things, and she is believing God for healing. And so uh, she said a lady came to her house and prayed for her and said the lady had dirty fingernails. And she said, it, it really bothered her. It really, it was like, and she said, but you know what? She got healed by the lady with the dirty fingernails. 
And see, sometimes we don't realize it, but sometimes there's things like that that we keep from that we let keep us from receiving. We keep let keep us from being teachable. And you know, I would bet that everybody in here has something that makes it hard for them to receive. If it was a certain, you know, well, what about if they have this on, or what about if they have that on, or maybe it's a mustache, or maybe it's a beard, or maybe it's just, you know, it. it sometimes it's really stupid things. And you know, we got to get teachable. And God will show us if we're not teachable. Amen? And then he said the fear of the Lord. And we know fear there is, a, fear of the Lord doesn't mean that we are afraid of God. It means a reverence for God. God honors those people that have a reverence for Him. And you know, sometimes we think we're reverent, but we're not as reverent as we think we are. And you know, reverent doesn't mean religious. Did you know that? Did you know that it is irreverent not to go with the flow of the Holy Ghost. And sometimes we can sit in our pew, whenever when the whole church is up dancing in the Holy Ghost, we can sit in our pew and that's as irreverent as anything we do. Mm, dear Jesus. And so there's, all, there's different ways that we're to be reverent. Amen? Being reverent means that we reverence God and we don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're learning. God's patient with us when we're young. Because we don't even, when we're first starting out, we don't even know what grieves the Holy Spirit and what, what doesn't. But we start to learn, don't we? And we can tell. If we'll just pay attention in a service, we can tell when, when, when something's gone on that, that the anointing lifted. And we'll say, well, you know when that happened, the anointing lifted. Or when that, and you know, we don't do that to condemn people, whoever caused it, but we just do that to learn. And say, well, hey, I'm going to be more careful in that area. Amen? And you can teach your children to reverence the Holy Ghost and to reverence God. Amen? And He'll honor us for it. He'll honor us for it. One way He'll honor us is He'll show up at our services. Amen? And He'll do mighty things. And He'll do miracle signs. And He'll do wonders. Amen? And He'll heal the sick here. Praise God. He'll honor us. We'll, we'll, the honor of God will be on this church. The good hand of God will be here. God will be pleased to come here. You know, somebody said God goes to some churches just because He has to because it says where two or more are gathered in my name. See, He has to keep His word. He has to show up. But He doesn't like to go. That's true. I mean, that, we, that sounds real funny, but it's just as true as it can be. Are there any churches that you wouldn't want to go to? Well, what makes you think the Lord wouldn't want to? The Lord would want to. He does. But He keeps His Word. Amen? And I guess He just shows up in case anybody was to ever call on Him for anything. But in a lot of churches, really, you, th you see, you think... But just because it's a church that it's godly and people, are, and, and, and people are saved that go to that church. Not so. Not so if you... If you not so. I can just about tell you the denominations just from experience in this town that nobody, that most of the church isn't saved because salvation's never preached there. And I'm not, I'm not saying most of the churches, but there's some denominations where most of the people aren't saved within the church. Okay? Did I say that right? I don't mean to insinuate we're only saved people in town. I don't believe that. But I'm t telling you there are certain denominations where salvation's never preached and people aren't saved. Praise God. 
you know, Chris has a wonderful praise report just this week of her grandparents who have been at the Lutheran church every Sunday, faithful all their lives, and lost, did not know God. Did not know God. And her daddy and her mother had been believing God for them to get saved. And this week, her daddy, her daddy led them to, they got saved. And, and his dad, yeah, and her, her aunt, her dad's sister also. Amen. Praise God. That's so good. That's so good. Amen. So God, God, we have to have a fear of the Lord. And then turn to John chapter 12. How do we get God's favor in our lives? What are some of the things that we can do to enhance it? Now, favor is a free gift. But there's things we can do to increase it. Amen? There's things we can do to cause it to be stronger in our lives. In John 12, verse 26, it says, uh, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. Listen to this. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Well, you say, it's important when you say to serve God. Because God honors people that serve Him. But serve, let's just take that a little bit further. To serve God means to be at His service. Do you know what I mean? In other words, to be at His uh, bidding. To do His bidding. To be ready to go, to be ready to do whatever He says do. To be at His service. Serving God is not doing something every once in a while when, the, when we finally want to and it kind of feels good and, and, or when they beg us. Amen? But serving God... And serving God's not going to the nursery necessarily or teaching children's church necessarily. Serving God is to be, to do His bidding. Whatever He says do, that's what I'm going to do. That's serving God. And that will bring a lot of favor. That will bring a lot of honor in your life. If you're, if you're that kind of servant. Have you ever been to a restaurant when the waiter was just so good and so helpful and just did anything you asked? And, or have you ever been to the restaurant, another restaurant sometime when the waiter just wasn't very helpful? You know, we just wear them down at our table. I know, just keeping Michael's tea glass full would just keep one waiter busy on our t at our table. I mean, they just sometimes, I know, they're just going, my Lord, where did, he's got a hollow leg, you know. He, he pours this tea down into his leg, you know. <laughs> Because we just, they don't make glasses big enough that you don't have to refill them at our table. Is that how it is, Marlon, with you? Amen. Praise God. But see, some, and some waiters, they just have such a good attitude about that. And some waiters don't have such a good attitude. Colin was a waiter at Outback, and he tells us sometimes how they feel about their... Don't make them mad. Let's just put it that way. Don't make them mad. Whatever you do, don't make them mad. <laughs> if you do, make sure you've prayed over your food. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. But see, it's that attitude. It's that attitude. Isn't it? It's that attitude of God, whatever you want me to do, 
wherever you want me to go. And you know, family, it's also another part of it is not having to have three signs and God, you know, four confirmations. I know God gets so tired of that. That's I, I want us to be the kind that we just have a slight unction and we're, we're saying, man, I, I think I'm supposed to do this. Amen? Amen. Okay, turn to 1 Samuel 2. We'll look at the third verse. Because we want that favor in our lives. And so here's the three verses that, in the, that told us how to get it. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30. This one's so simple. It says, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. He says, they that honor me, I'm going to honor. They that honor me, I'm going to honor. Well, you honor him or you wouldn't be at Sunday night church. Amen. And so, since you've met all these qualifications, since you're teachable, and since you reverence God, and since you uh, uh, serve the Lord, and since you honor Him, you need to start expecting God to honor you. You need to start expecting honor and favor and preferential treatment wherever you go. Sometimes we 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 kind of we just we think of ourselves so lowly. And you know, sometimes family, you just need to ask. I've noticed sometimes Now look at me. I just think I look like I need to be honored myself. But I've been in restaurants before where the whole restaurant was empty and them take me over to some crummy little table in the corner somewhere. See, family, you need to start asking and expecting. And saying, can we sit at that table over there by the window? Huh? <laughs> Y'all done made the waiter mad. Oh, man. Well, that's just an example. But you need to expect to be honored by God. And not to be afraid to ask people. Now there's sometimes when we're to take the lower position. You know. There's sometimes, and we have to know when that is, when we're supposed to take the lower position. But there's sometimes when, there's, when God says, just go ahead and step up there and claim your rights. Just go ahead and ask for the best. Just go ahead and believe me for the best. I was, I'm always, I've always been one that wasn't very good about asking for the best. I always wanted to get the cheaper model. The three for the price of one model. And I'm having to learn. Are you learning with me that it's okay to believe God for the best? Amen. That it's okay to believe God for good things? I mean, really, I've had to learn that I, it's okay. You know, sometimes, you know, like on the menu, salad doesn't come with it. I've had to learn God can afford the salad. <laughs> and you know, but at first that was hard for me. It's like it doesn't come with it. It's going to cost another $1.95. I can have the salad. Y'all, if you think about it, sometimes that's just stupid thinking because I really don't think anything about $2. I mean, $2 is nothing to me. But sometimes it's like I don't want to pay. It's like I don't know what it is. It's like poverty mentality, I guess. It's like that $2. 
Or sometimes when you really want the steak and it's $9.95, you take the chicken for $6.95 instead. God can afford the $3. Amen? And sometimes when you buy the off-brand in the store instead of the good brand. Now sometimes the off-brand is even better. But sometimes, you know, we buy things that don't taste that good. You know, the, I'm telling you what, the, the, the Oreos that aren't Oreos don't taste like Oreos. They don't taste like Oreos. God can afford the Oreos. Amen? Hallelujah. And sometimes we deprive ourselves because we think. You know, I told Eric, I said, no, you can't get your hair cut at Gaffer's. You've got to go to Head Start. Because he likes to get his hair cut a lot. But sometimes we deprive ourselves, and we're, it, it, and you know what? Finally, one day, I just gave up, and I let him go to Gaffer's. You know what? They charged the very same as Head Start. For him, for him, I don't know, they must give a discount for kids or something, or for students. You, God can afford it. But I used to didn't think like that. Now, I still like a bargain. Don't get me wrong. I like a bargain. And nobody gets more excited over a sale. I get excited when it's on sale. Amen? And that's okay, but it's, it's, it's a different thinking to say, man, it's on sale, than it is to say, well, I can't have this because, you know, it costs another $1.95 for the salad. Any, how many in here have ever not got the salad just because of that? And you really wanted the salad. You're getting the salad next time, aren't you? Praise God. You know, we, we ate out for years. We didn't, I mean, we wouldn't order an appetizer. Oh, you, that would just been wasteful. So I can tell by looking, some of you look, at looking at me, you don't even know what the appetizers taste like. We're, but God can afford it. Amen? Amen. Sometimes it doesn't really cost more to do the best. Sometimes it's a deception. See, sometimes it costs less. I'll tell you, good clothes last longer. Hello. They do. They do. Now, if you find something cute you like, don't let that stop you from shopping at Walmart. I mean, if, you, if it's cute and you like it, but to shop there just because, just because you think you can't shop anywhere else, that's wrong. You need to believe God. You need to go into some nice stores and let that spirit get on you. That spirit of nice will get on you. Amen? I'm telling you, You've got to go there because if you don't, when you first go, you feel so uncomfortable. I went into a store recently in Birmingham that was a step above even where I've been shopping, and I felt so uncomfortable in that store. I did. I felt very uncomfortable. And the salespeople will look at you. You think they're looking at you like, what are you doing here? You think that. That's probably not what they're thinking, but you think they're thinking that. Amen? See, you've got to get comfortable with God's honor. You've got to get comfortable with favor. Amen? You've got to get comfortable, and you need to help your kids get comfortable. Have your kids ever eaten anywhere besides McDonald's? I mean, when we used to go to Lubbock with our kids, we ate at McDonald's. If we went by ourselves, we tried to eat somewhere nicer. But, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we did. But your kids are not going to know how to eat with a fork. They'll only know how to eat with their hands if you don't take them out of McDonald's because everything at McDonald's is held in the hand. And I, I really, 
you need to take them sometimes every once in a while to a place where there's a white tablecloth. Every once in a while. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, moving right along. See, God wants to honor you. He wants to honor you. Amen. See, you can have wrong thinking. Sometimes you can drive better than you're driving in its mentality. So you go look at some of these luxury cars and the price tags on them are not bigger than Chevrolet's. But see, our mindset is, oh, I could never have a Cadillac. But family, there are Chevrolet's now that cost as much as some Cadillac's. Or more. See, but see, it's just a way of thinking. It's just, I grew up with Chevrolet. Chevrolet and beef. We ate beef. We don't need We ate beef and Chevrolet. You know, that's what we grew up with. Or maybe you grew up with Ford. And you think, well, man, we couldn't have a, we couldn't have a Mercedes. Sometimes it's just, it's just a way of thinking. Now I'm not saying, yeah, there are some. I realize there are some cars that are probably out of all of our price range. But I'm talking about thinking right. I'm talking about expecting favor. I'm talking about expecting to be honored. I'm talking about, you know, there are people that don't even think they could ever drive a new car. They think it has to, that it has to be used. They got it fixed now where it's, you can, the payment's less if you drive a new one than if you drive a used one. They can't sell them unless they fix it that way, I've decided, or something. But, you know, you got to have thinking right or you will let the enemy talk you out of God honoring you. It was that way. God gave us a new house when we moved to Tuscaloosa. Brand new house. But He had to tell me He wanted me. He wanted to because it had never crossed my mind. I never, it never crossed my mind to get a new house. It would never have thought to look at one. Didn't look at one when we moved to Trustful. Never looked at the new houses. And God had to tell me one day it was fellowship with the Holy Ghost and He said, I want to give you a new house. And he said that. Now, I'm not saying that's for every time. Hey, just let God give you the house He wants to give you. New's not always better. New's not always better. I always kind of like it when they... I always said, I'm going to get me a house that a, that a heathen's already put the pool in. and the. Amen. The wealth of the wicked stored up for the righteous. Let them put it in it, you know. And I, I have that kind of thinking too. But just let God bless you. Let Him honor you. He wants to. Amen. Well, we're, we're moving on here. but uh, See, if you want to be honored, you're going to have to know how to call on God. There's, about three, there's three different ways to call on God. You're in a situation. Say you're in a situation. You can say, Lord, help me. And He'll help you. Or you can say, Lord, save me. And He will, like Peter did when he was sinking on the water. And God will save you out of it. He will deliver you out. Or the higher thing is to say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. And then, to the man who believes, God will honor. To the man that's just believing for being to be, help me. Lord, help us. Oh, God, help us some way. God, give us strength. How many times have we just prayed for strength? When God said, I'd have took you out of it and given you more, I'd have... How many times have we just prayed for strength? Oh, God, somehow help us pay these bills this month. Or it's, I believe I'm out of debt. Praise God. See, it's how you're calling on God. How are you calling on Him? Amen. Are you settling for too little? Yeah, we all are. 
even with our minds renewed, I know I'm still settling for too little. And I know you're still settling for too little. But God's helping us and we're moving up. Amen? And I'm expecting more. Praise God. We have to grow into these things, but we're growing. Hallelujah, we're growing. Okay, so God has always wanted to favor His children. I just want to remind you that Psalm 8, 5 and Hebrews 2, 9 says that, uh, that He has made man a little lower than Elohim and crowned him with favor and with honor. He always wanted to honor man. God has. This is not something new. God wants to honor man. He wants to honor mankind. He wants to honor men and women that will serve Him. Men and women that love Him, He wants to honor you. Now, Exodus 3.21, I've got to show you this. Because we, I don't want to do this again next week, so I've got to show you. In Exodus 3.21, look what it says. And I will give this people favor. Are y'all still turning? I'll wait. Exodus 3.21. Man, I'm in a hurry to get there. I want y'all to see this. This is good. It says, and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. That is very important there. The reason God wants to favor you is that word Egyptians there, we could just say heathen. God, or we could say the lost. If you don't understand what I mean when I say the heathen, then let me just tell you it means anybody not saved. God wants to give you favor in front of the not saved. In front of the heathen. Hallelujah. He's wanting to showcase you, I heard one pastor say. He wants to showcase you. He wants to show you off. He wants wants them to be scratching their head about how you do it working where you work. Listen, they did that in Seminole over us. They could not figure out how our church was so prosperous. They could not figure it out. The other churches in town could not figure out how we paid off that building. They could not figure it out. They, they, they wondered and thought about how that church prospered like it did. See, and then after one year we paid the building off. The Holy Ghost gave us a Holy Ghost plan. We were, he just dropped it down in us and told us how to do it. And we did just what he said. It worked just like it was the easiest thing you ever did. Pay off, paid off a $30,000 note in one year above our, above our regular general fund. Just a Holy Ghost plan. Well, then, one year, the Lord told us to start a youth ministry downtown. And we went into Seminole. We we were four miles out on the Andrews Highway, our church was. We went into Seminole and rented the nicest building in town. It it, it was the nicest empty building in town. It had been a Revco that had gone out of business. It was big. I'm talking about big. And we rented it and used it just for youth on Friday, Saturday nights. And all the other churches in town, we opened it up to all the youth in the city. And it was open like from 7 to 11 or midnight, I don't even remember now, to, for the youth in the city to come on Saturday, Friday and Saturday night. And we went in there and, and did graphics on the wall. I don't know. We just did all sorts of stuff. And, uh, and they, I'm telling you what, they could not figure out how we were paying for that. And see, that's what God wants to do in our individual lives. He wants to showcase us. Now, he doesn't, he's not, he wants it to be true prosperity. I mean, he doesn't want it to say, well, you know, she got that mink and it's on her charge card. 
you know, and, and you to run, that, 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 none of us want that. But we want to let God favor us. Amen? And there wouldn't be anything wrong with some of y'all having mink coats. I don't personally really like coats that much myself. I'd rather run to the car. <laughs> you know, I, but it wouldn't be anything wrong with having one. Wouldn't be anything wrong with wearing it to church. And if you don't, if you don't watch it, the devil will make you feel guilty about things like that. The devil will make you feel guilty, Mr. Snyder, about driving up to some churches in your new Cadillac. He already did. Well, it's the devil. It's not God. He wants to favor you. Whatever you're driving, God wants to give you better. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now turn over to Psalm 102, verse 13. You've got to see this before you go. And while you're going there, I'll tell you that in Psalm 112, turn to 102, but in Psalm 112, it says, A good man showeth favor. Well, I want to tell you something. If a good man, a good natural man shows favor, how much more God? Think about it. Y'all didn't catch it. How much more God? If a good man, a good earthly man, a good earthly man shows favor, how much more God is a God that shows favor? Amen? It shouldn't be hard for us to believe that God shows favor. Psalm 102. And I know we've looked at this scripture before, but God showed me something new about it. In verse 13. It says, Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion, or the church, for the time to favor her, yea, the set time is come. Now, here's what the Lord showed me. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, right? And He's been sitting there for 2,000 years, hadn't He? Did you see that? It says He's going to arise. Listen, family, Jesus is fixing to come back. He's fixing to appear. We could read on down there, I think like three verses later, it says that after He favors the church, that He's going to appear in His glory. Amen? Jesus is getting ready to appear. He's going to have to stand up, isn't He? He's got to stand up. And you know what, family? Jesus has stood up. He stood up in heaven and He's favoring the church. He's favoring the church because there's a set time to favor her. And the set time is right before He comes back. He's ready to come back. He's nearly, He's fixing to come back. He's, he's, was, he's been seated at the right hand of the Father for 2,000 years, but now He stood up because He's fixing to step out of heaven and appear in the sky, in the clouds. And gather us up to be with Him. If you read on down there, if you read in verse uh, 16, when the Lord shall build up, church, uh, up the church, He shall appear in His glory. Amen. Jesus has stood up. The Lord showed me that. The Lord showed me that, that Scripture. He stood up. And He stood up to favor the church. Amen. Well, hallelujah, it might as well be me and you, hadn't it? Hallelujah, it might as well be Word of Life Family Church. Hallelujah. The favor of God. Great favor on the church. Now look, one more scripture. Proverbs 16, 15. Well, maybe one more scripture. If I can stand it, we'll do one more scripture. This is a good scripture. Proverbs 16, 15. 
It says, in the light of the king's countenance is life. And look at this. And his favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. The latter rain. Family, we're believing God for the latter rain. And he says one of the clouds of the latter rain is a cloud of favor. Praise God. We're in the time. We're in the time of the latter rain. And one of the clouds of the latter rain is a cloud of favor on His church. Amen? Well, you wouldn't want to miss this last scripture. Isaiah 26.10 It's time to favor the church. And you know, I, I, I never dreamed I would preach on favor. God dropped this message down in me. You know, God had pastor minister on favor this morning. Family, He's, he's trying to get us over into it. He's trying hard to get us over into it. Get over in that favor. Get over in that favor. Start expecting it. Start acknowledging it every time it comes. I mean, next time, you know, uh, next time they seat you at the table by the window, acknowledge that's the favor of God. Don't forget God. When He blesses you, don't forget Him. Amen? Next time you, you, you find something on sale, it's, it's the favor of God. Amen? Next time you find money, it's the favor of God. Praise God. Next time you get a check in the mail, oh, it's favor. It's favor. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isaiah 26, are you all there in verse 10? It says, uh, let favor be showed to the wicked. Yet will he not learn righteousness? Now, it's not talking about bestowing favor on the wicked. It says show him. Show him favor. God's going to show the wicked favor. Not show. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? He's not going to give them favor. God's not giving the wicked favor. He's going to say, looky there at favor. That kind of show. He's going to demonstrate favor. Looky there at favor. Look there at favor. Look there how favored that boy is. Look there how favored that girl is. Look there. He's going to show, let the wicked be showed favor. They have to be showed. They need to learn about righteousness. They need to learn that righteousness pays. It's favor. It's favor. It's favor on you. You have favor on you. Because you already met the qualifications. You wouldn't be at Sunday night church if you didn't reverence God. You wouldn't be at Sunday night church if you didn't.